Good morning, good evening, good night, whatever it is. Welcome to a long, long coming episode of the Random Podcast with your host, Melty Scarlet. I just want to preface things. Um, so there are changes coming to the podcast. I'm actually trying to make it more structured. Um, yes, it's going to still be random for the topics, but overall, you know, it's going to be more of like a social commentary. Um, that being said, uh, please be aware that uh, this this podcast today has a little bit of a sensitive topic, um, just to like kind of give you a heads up. So that with that being said, um, so one thing I've, I mean, if you haven't noticed, like we're all still in this the first round of the pandemic, unfortunately, due to some hasty, ill-advised decisions, governments are opening up early, and now we're in a cycle of things re-closing down or people doubling down on the fact like oh we shouldn't we need we we can't close the down again our economy can't support it but the thing is um given how everything's going on the fact that they rather have people work uh jobs and you have to understand not everyone has access to different jobs um and one thing I do want to preface, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm using myself as an example just to give you an idea of, like, the situation. So I work fast food along with other jobs um, online. Now, with the whole online working culture, like, no, I do not make enough money to actually support myself. I would like to, but given the resources and given the fact that, you know, me not having a degree, which I am working on, but at the same time, me not having a degree greatly hampers the ability for me to actually generate income, because unfortunately, I am like a Pokemon. I only focus on certain skills at a time, because spreading myself thin, doing multiple tasks, is a lot difficult to keep up. So something I might have been proficient in, let's say Photoshop, maybe a couple of years ago, or Adobe Dreamweaver, or... Adobe Acrobat. Like, yes, at one point I was proficient at them, but as years go by, I lose skill. Um, and given my extensive resume of, you know, doing different tasks under different job titles, it gets a little bit ridiculous in where I live in California, um, where credentialism, that is, you know, people would rather have someone with a bachelor's degree to give them, like, barely liberal wages just to get a job. I mean, the meme of uh, r slash recruiting is really, really good uh, of like, oh, we're seeking someone with 10 plus years of experience with a bachelor's degree, and we're only paying $15 an hour. That's actual. That's an actual thing, especially where I live. Like, you wouldn't believe how many times I've been turned away. The only reason why I get so many interviews is one, my name is, and if you haven't noticed, I am African-American. Um, and... I, I'm well-spoken, so, you know, if it's an over-phone interview, people are like, oh, yeah, that's great, you know, he sounds really, really well-educated, he sounds very level-headed, and he seems calm and collected, he can answer scenarios, he gives really good insight, and he seems like a really experienced person. They look at my name, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, he has, he's a little bit weird, he has two first names with his name, but they aren't really generally given to someone, uh, or a stereotypical stereotypically someone in an African-American, um, you know, with African-American name. That being said, when you actually, when I actually get to interviews, you can see, like, I can guarantee you the amount of times I step foot in an interview and introduce myself and they look at me, a, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be nice about my words, but yes, I'm overweight, but I still dress nice. I have, um, 
I I come in a full suit, which throws them off, and they see me speak well educated and the fact that I stay calm. But the it still changes the fact it doesn't change the fact that you can see the visual disappointment on their face when they see African American dressed real nice with a resume, and the first thing they think. Oh, you know, talking to them, they're like, oh, you know, let's ask them questions to put them on the spot. And I'm like, it depends on the circumstances, it depends on the context. If a situation requires me to actually go out and, like, reacquire skills that I'm not as proficient in, then, you know, it that's the way things work. I mean, no one's going to... When you have a job title as administrative assistant... Your job isn't concrete. Your job doesn't have set responsibilities. Depending on the needs of the business and depending on the scope of what, you know, your department you work for needs, your what you need to know changes over time. And while, you know, like I said, it, being like a Pokemon, you can't memorize every single thing you ever learn and keep it up proficiency because you wouldn't have to work outside your own out, work side out, uh, I'm sorry, uh, you would have to work outside the nine to five typical job work, you know, and that's Monday through Friday. So that's 40 hours a week just to like keep up with a job where you have to spend outside of work, you know, taking care of like, you know, your own personal responsibilities and learning job skills for your job on top of that. Now, a lot of people are like, Oh no, that's easy. You just have to have the time management skills, but at the same time, at what cost? Because you have to understand what a job like that, uh, being an administrative assistant, like I'll, especially where I live, I'll be lucky if the pay breaks $15 an hour. And that's saying a lot because it's like, I've had multiple years of experience in the industry. I've dealt with customer service for over 10 years. Like I'm not trying to brag myself, but you have to understand something Um, with how everything's being framed up where people, where the government's like forcing reopens. Cause like people want to return to work. I'm going to be completely honest with you where I worked um, and due to certain, you know, certain circumstances I can't really go much into detail but just to give an idea of finances I would have to literally survive off the free meals because it was fast food I would have to survive off the free meals that I got being a supervisor because my hours were reduced to the point where I could barely afford paying rent in my phone bill uh, I would stretch out the internet bill you know months at a time because you know everyone knows Certain internet providers don't care if you pay specifically month to month as long as you pay it off. Um, luckily for me, it's only like thirty dollars every couple, you know, every couple months. But at the same time, like if the pandemic, like I'm gonna be brutally honest, and I know I said this a little bit, I know it's a little bit of repeating. If the pandemic never hit, I would be in a situation where everything I built up, all the confidence I slowly required from working in highly toxic abusive jobs would have been thrown away because my manager even though she said she didn't want you know even though there's a lot of things that can be said about my job but and I know like before I said you know I'll stop ranting about work but but given the fact that as a supervisor I'm constantly being told that I need to earn my hours and when I you know open the floor for a dialogue, be like, okay, where do I need to improve? It's really her nitpicking at every single idea, every single thing I do in front of customers, in front of employees to try to make me look confident, to try to force 
me to either snap back to give her a right to actually remove me from schedule or force me to quit it it's mentally draining and knowing that i'm working and i'm like i come to work with a mentality of like just stay calm do what i can do if i try to do my job i get yelled at if i don't do my job i get yelled at if i don't do everyone's work and just you know bow my head and do everyone's job for them then that's the only way to not get yelled at, but I'm still going to get yelled at regardless for even doing that because I get told, oh, you need to let them do the, you need to let them do the work. But at the same time, it flips over to, oh yeah, you know, you need to, um, you need to, you need to stop making them do so much work and do some of the work yourself. And I'm like, okay, so you give me two conflicting um, orders and you're like, okay, so what do you want me to do? Because my mentality is everyone contributes to a part of team. Everyone helps out each other. Everyone works together. And, you know, it with that type of environment, you're like, okay, yeah, no, in a fast food environment, everyone is supposed to work. It, it, It's literally a formula that's worked for years. Like the company, like being a franchise owner, you don't really have to like specialize train people because they give you everything you ever need to do to run a store as part of the whole training protocol because they want each brand or each franchise store to give out the same product. I mean, the market might be slightly different, but the food quality is always going to be the same. And the way that the employees and the manager managerial staff supposed to act is going to remain the same. So with that being said, it's, it's kind of redundant to have a store that's struggling with certain aspects of like, you know, comp- employee retention uh, management styles. When, if there was proper training, given the fact that everything is like broken down to videos that you can just spend the whole day watching, it's ridiculous. Now, I know this might be a little bit like uh, jumbled up, but the point I'm trying to stress is the fact that um, if I wasn't already getting unemployment and if I wasn't already like if the whole CARE Act never passed, I would never have the chance to actually go out and, you know, catch up on bills I'm behind on, go out and, you know, pay for online classes to try to get a better job, go save up for a car. And it's just like, all this would have never happened if the CARE Act never passed. And you're like, and people are like, oh, why don't you find a better job? Well, here's the thing. Where I live now, like my own circumstances, my own family circumstances, it doesn't make sense for me to go out and try to help out others because at the end of the day, I'm the only one responsible for me. And that's why most of the time, you know, I try to commit to a normal streaming schedule, but a lot of times I get overwhelmed and the responsibilities of juggling a bunch of stuff. And it's just a lot of times, like, I I worry and I worry myself into like this deadlock state where I lose all motivation and I'm like, okay, I'm falling behind, but I can't catch back up. And this is literally what happened to me in college, but and I turned to drinking, but I quit drinking and I recognized this problem. But at the same time, like catch catching up gives me anxiety because, it, you know, explaining to someone like, oh, you know, I have anxiety when it comes to certain things and like catching up and keeping up with certain things. Like I thought I was ready, but at the same time, like given the environment, knowing the fact that, you know, eventually I do have to return to work. It it blows my mind because I'm going to be honest, like the only reason why that I kind of, I found myself kind of lucked out with how negative the job environment is. And the fact that at one point my manager did try to like tell me like, Oh, you know, even though you possibly could have been exposed to COVID-19, uh, we really want you to come back and, you know, uh, come back to work. Cause we need you. And I'm like, but 
I'm supposed to be in quarantine for two weeks. And then, you know, every week, like, you know, I, after I got exposed and like, until I could get, uh, actual testing, cause she got mad. She's like, well, the health department's supposed to, you know, contact you and you're supposed to get tested. I'm like, no, it's not, it doesn't work like that. Um, I'm not a city official. Like, like, I'm going to be honest with you that I've never heard that. And the state barely offered testing centers in the city where I lived. So a little, like a couple days before or a week before I was scheduled for my um, intake interview at my new primary care, care provider. So the fact that she was trying to pressure me to go to work, even though that I could possibly, you know, come in contact with someone with COVID and the fact that I possibly had COVID was a little bit weird because it's just like, you know, that holds me legally liable. Cause if I spread a COVID infection at my place of work, not only will I get fired, I will forever live down in infinity. People could actually sue me, but you know, that obviously doesn't matter because now, you know, I'm removed from the schedule now that, you know, I'm cut off from like the team chat communication and it's just like, no one's made an effort to contact me and people are like, Oh, well you should say something. And that's why at that point, you know, I'm just, you know, using this example at that point, it's like, I'm one of the few people, there's countless people in this type of situation where they have a job that's quite literally shit. And they struggle to even survive to make minimum wage, but they're still forced to work in the pandemic. And at this point, you're just like, okay, so what am I supposed to do now that the government's trying to force us to go back to work? And now there's more out, there's more um, cases reemerging or surging. So it's just, it's it's a thought. It's a thought within itself. But at the same time, like, you know, uh. I'm not really going to go out and ask for support because like, you know, I, I've been, I've been taking this time to better myself and change my mentality. Stop being so negative. And it's really helped. Like I used to have really dark circles on my eyes and they got really bad over the last couple, uh, year that year or two that I worked at that previous job. And well, I worked at my current job and to be honest, I feel better about myself overall, but at the same time, I know that, you know, eventually given how everything is, I do have to go out and unless my streaming thing kicks off or, you know, I get sponsored, I'm going to have to return to a normal um, grind. And I have no problem with that. I mean, I like working. I like meeting new people. I like putting myself in different environments to like improve and like, get more experience and have a, a different perspective, you know, like a well-rounded tempered perspective. Um, but the thing I want to say is it's really difficult for some people to get jobs and given the market, it's not really going to be easy. Uh, but that's just part of what I wanted to say. Now, uh, this is the whole, you know, I should probably warn you about the content cause it's going to get a little bit deep so, um, that being said, recently on Twitter, there's been an uprising of the Me Too movement. If you don't know, the Me Too movement is various individuals, not just women, also men, although it's, albeit it's a little bit rare for a man to come forward, it's women primarily have been coming forward, um, sharing about their experience in whatever industry, uh, 
regarding sexual assault, sexual abuse, and just workplace, like, uh, in their workplace, basically. Um, and one thing I do want to say, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, why couldn't you come out? They're like, oh, you know, there's two sides to argument, but at the same time, I'm going to be really firm and I'm going to be really straight up. People that experience sexual assault or sexual abuse, at the time, they freeze up. And it mentally eats at you. And you may think like, oh, well, they should have spoke up then or they could easily get help. But the thing is, the type of comments, that type of pressure that you think by even opening your mouth to say, have the audacity to say like, you should have said something then or, you know, you should never put yourself in that situation. That type of mentality of like victim blaming or victim shaming only adds to why people don't speak out about their own abuse. And recently there's been a huge influx of uh, Twitch and other social media influencers coming out about their stories of sexual abuse and manipulation. And one thing I, you know, one thing I can say is like, you know, the best example I can give is the recent, you know, incident with offline TV. Now, before anyone says, oh, you're just Melty, you're just clout chasing. Now, the reason why I've waited so long is because I sat down and I listened to every little um, statement. I've read little articles here and there. And the one thing I want to say, to not even, to add to my two cents, right, is the fact that coming forward is one of the hardest things you can do. And I know as someone such as myself that has been sexually abused, and sexually assaulted, it's not easy to do. Um, and no, I'm not going to sit there and share my story, because first of all, that's between me and my therapist. And for for coming with that information, I just want to point out that the fact that they came out against someone that was their like, just going off of, you know, just to give an example, because I know I didn't really explain it. So, the whole offline TV incident is around um, a influencer named Fedmeister. Now, Fedmeister, you know, he started off as I Will Dominate uh, editor, and he was picked up by offline TV under Scar's leadership, and he's been a member that for, like, years. Um, he helped... Re- in 2019, he helped. He's he, he basically carried the whole, the whole um, house, for lack of word, or group for lack of better words, um, with his content ideas, um, him going out editing, putting together events, and just like kind of making it relevant, making people interested, and it when it the thing is during those during those years, like it's come to one of those points where uh, a lot of interesting dynamics, like, I'm going to be honest with you, I've been watching offline TV for years. I'm, I'm a fan of Little Pichu, Skara. Uh, I watch Pokemon from time to time. Not really my cup of tea, but, you know, she's really interesting, uh, especially, like, her, her stance on things. Um, and Fedmeister, because, you know, honestly, it's like, oh, you know, he started off as an editor, <laughs> I still remember the joke of editors are people too um, and when they brought on, like I've seen the whole thing with the whole uh, Chris Chan incident where Chris Chan like I've, I've, I've been with offline TV for a couple of years 
like watching their content and watching everything you know revolve and one thing i did notice is like the whole atmosphere in the house low-key was weird after all because i remember at one point they used to stream a lot and they, they used to do group streams with like games and whatnot where they would like play mafia which was a huge favorite for a lot of people but at the same time like eventually it slowly trickled down and slowly disappeared because like i remember there was also a like a a kind of parallel sister group i mean sister location for lack of better words called uh the just friends house which was based off the model offline tv um and which a lot of the people there you know they at first they all grouped together and then you know things went good and then it kind of like slowly broke apart and no one really spoke about it and then like you just see less and less over time you see less and less like people coming over you don't really see much interactions and it's just kind of like you know it became like a con a streamer house in which people streamed in their individual rooms and there wasn't really much overlap except the content that was put out you know out in groups but even then it wasn't the whole group it was certain people and you could actually establish trends of like who was going to be in the video and it wasn't it wasn't very often you know and then with the whole podcast thing you know it wasn't always the same thing and then it it became really rare to see guests there and it's just like you know given the fact that offline tv if you look at like the sex demographics you have uh two girls well three if you count yvonne so she has became a streamer uh you had three girls to like what scara toast fed and michael it was like three to four ratio like four males three females and it was just really interesting overall because you got to see different things um between the two like they would switch it up like all boy the boys podcast or all girls and they brought in like mo or yaslo as people call him and like different people and it was just like after after a while you're just kind of like wait you know, you kind of see less and less content where it's like diversity. You just and then you start seeing just the members, but you never saw like certain members together. You know, different things. And you know, I know a lot of the thing is like when you look at a streaming persona, right? It's literally a kayfabe. It's literally something they want you to see. Like, you know, it's not how they are in person. It's literally just something they put up with. And like with light of all the statements that came out and light of everything that's ever, you know, really spoke about, you get to see like different things, uh, you know, evolve and you're like, okay, you know, that's kind of weird. Like, you know, if you want, if you've been a long time fan and you watched it from the beginning and you saw everything unfold, you would start to think like, oh, you know, Fed's been a big member, you know, he's friends with everyone. But then you start asking, you know, like, there's always been like an offsetting feeling of like, hey, why does the, why did that group break up? There's no real reason why this group this group broke up because like everyone's maybe it's like personal differences. No one really came out with it. They handled it behind the scenes. They were really uh, private about it, which you know a lot of people say like, oh, with situations like that, you should have kept it private. Now with the whole Fed thing is, it's come to light that you know just going off of Yvonne's story of you know him going becoming like drinking and like ending up in her bed and like there's been incidents where like like uh without for lack of better words right is like he basically sexually 
abused her and I know people try to downplay it like oh no he held my hand or oh no he touched me in my sleep but the thing is like here's the thing right here's the actual um here's the actual I won't say tea but the actual truth of things so you know going off of you know her actual twit longer you know just to give like actual uh adequate you know straight from the source uh and i quote and i do apologize with the treasure word warning you know as i said like this content's not for everyone um but at the same time like please understand like what i'm about to read can be a little bit concerning and triggering if you were in a similar situation so all i have to say is you know just stop listening now i understand but with that being said reading off her twit longer her experience was, I was lying in bed with all the lights off, the door open, and Fed came in, drunk from going out that night. He crawled into my bed and laid there for a bit, and then he grabbed my hand and held it, and I didn't move at all because I was shocked. He then brushed my hand against his cheek and kissed it after. I was still in a shade of stock, trying to process what was happening because this guy was supposed to be my friend. He also knew that I had a boyfriend at the time. Next, he stuck his hand inside my sleeve and tucked the, touched my side next to my chest. And although it wasn't exactly my chest, it was close enough to make me feel extremely uncomfortable and feel like that was not a place where a friend should be touching me. I still couldn't move at this point, and in my head I was just begging for him not to go any further, praying that he would stop there. He did, retract his hand, made it seem like he was sleeping. Ten minutes later he woke up, he quote-unquote woke up and said, whoa, how'd I get there? I asked, do you remember anything? And he said no and left my room. The next day, I went up to his room and asked if he remembered what happened last night he said no i told myself that he forgot and maybe he didn't want he didn't know what he was doing because he was drunk and i didn't want to bring it up because i don't want to make it weird between us a few weeks later i was lying in bed again and he came in drunk again he lay next to me and told, told me he was sorry for what happened last time and he overset boundaries and then i thought to myself did he remember this whole time and lied about it i didn't say anything and 10 minutes later he did it again minus the t-shirt part again i'm scared to say anything and he fell asleep against me asleep next to me the next day he also acted like nothing ever happened and i asked him at some point if he remembered anything and he said no again um and that's just describing the situation uh like the experiences you know i'll you can kind of google this i don't want to like really link it because i don't want it to like bring back up again but one of the things is like you know he made a statement apologizing for happening and he admitted to it but the thing is like you know you don't really know a person you really don't you like i i you know i feel bad for saying this but like someone eloquently put it in the right words ls um said uh you don't know him talking to fed at all that's the whole point, you know, an idea that's presented to you via the form of clips, stream persona, other things. This is the many parts of the whole movement. People aren't who you think. So, as I said, streamers aren't who you think. You don't really know the person because of how they are. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I might complain about a lot of things. I might do a lot of things. But me personally, like, I am not who I am on stream around my friends, and even around my friends, there's certain people I act a certain way, and there's certain people I don't act a certain way. That being said, it was it's just a little bit, you know, 
uh, concerning for a lot of people because like they get they watch these streams to like escape from their own life, and that's one of the biggest you know fascination with streaming because you watch someone you know with a really entertaining personality play something and have you know and they you might not be able to play the same game but you generally enjoy watching them because like you know you're able to for some people this is generalization I do point out uh, you're able to watch certain things uh, unfold. And at that point, you're just like, well, fuck, you know, like, oh, like, I'm going to put, I'm just going to put out there, like, I watch Markiplier because he's generally funny. Like, he's a good, he's a good dude. Like, I don't know how he is, like, outside of, you know, his streams. Uh, I can only, you know, speculate that, you know, he's a very private person. Um, he's very intimate with those he's really close to, those he, he, who he loves. And, you know, he might actually just be socially awkward otherwise. And, you know, you never know, because you don't know who someone is until, like, you know them. Um, so that's why, you know, one thing I do say, you know, especially with, you know, uh, the whole incident involving Fed and Yvonne is the fact that, you know, when she came out, when her and Lily's statements came out, yes, it broke twit longer, but at the same time, and I feel like I'm detracting from the original point of me even bringing up her her story is the fact that, you know, a lot of people said, why couldn't you keep this public? A lot of times when stuff like this happens and there's a reoccurring pattern or reoccurring, like, if it keeps happening and there's other people that it's happened to by the same person under the same pretenses of like, oh, you know, that's just Fed doing Fed things, or, oh, he didn't know, or, oh, he was drunk. First off, I'm going to be completely honest with you. At one point in my life, I was an alcoholic. And, you know, being an alcoholic, people are like, oh, were you wild? Yes, I was a wild child. I I did stupid things. I had done stupid things. I've done a lot of stupid things in my life, but under drunk, I've done stupid things. But one of the biggest things I can say while drunk is... Let's be real here. If you're drunk, you're still 100% responsible for the actions that you do while under the influence. That being said, Fedmeister saying, using the excuse of, oh, he was drunk, oh, he didn't remember. Half the time, the only time I can say that I was, I couldn't remember what happened was when I was blacked out drunk. And when I mean blacked out drunk, I mean I drank to forget who I was. And that's how much I drank. It might not be that for the same person, you know, but outside of being roofied, you generally remember what happened up to the point where you lose consciousness or you get so drunk you lose coherency. And, like, all his actions, well, people are like, oh, well, no, it wasn't actual, like, it's not like he um, sexually assaulted her or blah, blah, but that's the thing. Sexual assault goes outside of, like, intercourse, you know, unwanted advances, unwanted touching you know, touching someone while they're asleep, when they're unable to get consent, there's so many things where it's like, okay, hold on, uh, you gotta, you gotta understand, like, there's not, you can't, you can't justify, you can't justify making someone feel uncomfortable, you can't justify being drunk and making moves on your friend and touching them in any way, you know, I mean, they're like, oh, well, you know, it was just a bad attempt of him flirting. I'm like, first off, if you're flirting with a friend, everyone knows. I mean, not to make light of, you know, people that have that type of relationship with their friends. Everyone knows if you're flirting with your friend and that both parties are interested, if you're really friends, you have that conversation. 
sometimes it just happens, sometimes you just kiss, or sometimes, you know, you're both drunk and you both hug and then, like, all the time, yeah, no, like, it, there's so many different variations of what possibly be, can happen, but at the same time, like, you can't really say anything other than, oh, well, uh, you know, I made a move because I wanted to do. It's clear as day that may have deep-rooted issues given his life. That being said, it doesn't justify, even with alcohol, what he's done. And it's he's done so many things outside of just this one instance of me talking about Yvonne, where people came forward. I'm just saying, you know, and, like, one of the biggest things I want to convey is the fact that if you use alcohol as an excuse, and I, <laughs> the thing is, people, people so kindly forget what an excuse actually is. Um, it's like that, like, oh my god, like, I was once told, an excuse is only an excuse if you're using the context to justify continuing the behavior or action. So him saying, oh, I was drunk, I do apologize, blah, 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 you're using alcohol as a shield to justify continuing what you did, because obviously it happened again. Obviously, given Yvonne's statement, he's like, oh, you know, I apologize for overstepping my boundaries. The fact that he apologized means that not only is he conscious and he was able to remember it, he, he just... He was he was bullshitting, and that's the thing. That's the scary thing. And then, a lot of times, like people don't come forward about this type of stuff because they're scared because that person has so much influence in their friend group. People respect that person. Like, oh, that can't be him. Blah 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 blah. But here's the thing: like, you know, having the courage to come forward and talk about that—that's just you know. <sighs> It takes a special type of person to come forward about that story, and quite honestly, like, the backlash from people, you know, doubting her and, like, putting it out there and her having to make follow-up statements, it's just, it's absurd. It's completely absurd. And, you know, just to double down on the whole drunk excuse, and this goes for anyone outside this whole offline TV thing, if you sit there and drink and you're using that excuse to justify shitty behavior... First off, that shitty behavior is actually how you are as a person. Like, liquid courage. The reason why alcohol is sometimes called liquid courage because it gives you the courage to things, think, to do things you always wanted to do, but you had no justifiable reason to do so. Meaning you wanted to do whatever that action. You wanted to go into bed with this girl that you consider cute and touch her against her wishes, but you didn't have the courage to do until you had the, the shield of whatever, like alcohol or drugs. So with that being said, let me let me put this in perspective, right? And, you know, this doesn't make me look like a good person. I went through some dark times when I was younger. Um, and when I was an alcoholic, when I got drunk, and I mean blackout drunk, let's say there was a girl I was slightly interested in. My first thing would be, right? I would avoid her because I'm like, first off, I'm drunk. That's one of the biggest things. If, and this doesn't this doesn't apply to girls like I like. This also applies to my friends if they're girls because, you know, I'm I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm a big black guy. If I'm drunk, 
and I'm with my boys, I, I have no problem. But I, I actively recognize some girls can be intimidated given their past. They might have, you know, unfortunately ran into something where they were assaulted or they felt really uncomfortable where they had like a stalker from a guy that was drunk. And me knowing how I am as a person, uh, I just avoid, like, if I'm drunk, I avoid talking to my friends that are girls. I'll sit there, I'll talk shit with my friends that are guys, but I avoid talking, I, within my best ability, I can't say it was all the times, sometimes I'm, like, close enough with a girl where I don't really care if I'm drunk, and I'm able to look at her and be like, you know, crack shit, because I don't really see her, I don't really see a chance of anything happening, and even if it did happen, I'd be like, nah, bro, I'm drunk, I'm gonna go. You know, that's why after a while, like, unless I'm with, like, with good friends, I make sure that, like, you know, I avoid, but let's say I go to a party and I get blacked out drunk. I see a girl, I'd be like, oh, hi, you know, blah, blah, and I just kind of, like, shoo her away. Because then again, one of my personal pet peeves is being hit on. Um, that That's a different conversation regardless, but at the same time, I can remember... Some, well, most of my interactions while drunk when I was going to college parties. I remember a couple times where uh, I actually <laughs> I actually got into fights with someone because I was like, hey, hold up. You don't know that person. And they're like, how did, wait, what? They're like, you don't know that person. And I'd see, like, a sober guy trying to take a drunk girl home. And I'd be like, wait, I low-key know this girl. Because I'm not going to lie. Where I went to school, everyone kind of knew each other. And in the party scene, you knew the same. You kept seeing the same people. So you kind of got to know who people associate with. You know, you see the little clicks that form, you know. And it's like, I had no problem saying, hey, you don't know that person. That's wrong. And they're like, w- w- dude, you're tripping, bro. Like, just take your drunk ass somewhere else. I'm like, nah, bro, you don't know that person. She's too intoxicated. Can you prove you know her? If not, I will, I will personally make sure the cops can pull call on you if you try to drive away. They're like, bro, it's not even that serious. Like, I know her. I'm just taking her home. She's drunk. I'm like, bro, nah. Nah, bro. Let me, let me be honest with you. Like, you don't... You, this is a bad look. This is a bad look. And a lot of times, like, people try to fight me, and then that ended up with the party, per- the people throwing the party coming out, and they're like, nah, we, tr- we trust Melty, like, you're, like, do you know this girl? And, like, I'm not gonna lie, on the chance, on the, on the terms that I was wrong, and the person didn't know each other, okay, that's fine. But when they didn't, and they couldn't prove, yeah, they got mad, but at the same time, they got labeled as someone that was creepy, and kind of, like, got excluded from parties, and people kind of got the heads up about that type of person, because it's like, I'm gonna lie, why would you sit there, I'm not the type of person to sit there and watch something happen, and be like, oh, that's not my business, I'm kind of, if I'm drunk, I'm not, I'm stupid enough to look at them and be like, you look like you can beat my ass, I'm still gonna stop you, though, <laughs> and, uh, that's, that, that's how I, operated while drunk. Now, did being drunk help? Yes, because, you know, I'm not lie, I'm a little bit of a big baby when it comes to pain. I don't like pain. I have a high pain tolerance, but it doesn't change the fact I dislike pain. Um, and like I said, like, 
I'm not gonna say I have like adequate self control because like there's been there's been times where I got drunk and I wasn't in the right mental state and like I had like an emotional breakdown or like you know but I was with friends where I ended up wandering around or waking up in cornfields you know there's just a lot of things that can be said but at no point have I ever used alcohol as the excuse to like make a move on a girl um but then again there were people that were kind of weird about alcohol around me but then I attribute it to people being uncomfortable with, you know, a guy being drunk around them, given their past experiences. So I, you know, I can't really say anything other than that. But with that being said, alcohol can't be excuse. And then uh, there's a streamer uh, named Destiny. He kind of put, he's like, you know, if someone says that, you know, they're too drunk to remember something, nine times out of ten, they're lying about being drunk enough. I mean, being drunk. And they might actually just be sober and just using alcohol as an excuse to get away with making a move on someone. So, like, you can take it as it is, but at the same time, like, what I, the whole point of this is just to explain, like, you know, alcohol is not an excuse to do whatever you do. Like, if you go to alcohol and you drink to get a buzz, you know, to get a vibe, okay, that's great. But if you're using an excuse to, you know, make unwanted sexual advances and then continue, you know, or like pressure the girl into doing stuff. That's, that's so fucking wrong. Like you should be ashamed of yourself. And one thing I can say is like, given the whole situation, like I don't want to talk about the whole Lily Peachy situation. Cause it's just, that's a, I wouldn't even say a spicy meatball. That's just kind of like, what the fuck? Um, but, you know, just going off the whole Fedmeister thing, like, the people that are sitting there defending Fed, or, like, the whole outrage culture aspect, or people like, oh, you could have say, stayed private, uh, blah, 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 like, first off, um, Fed went and contacted, he, the thing is, he did get talked to privately, they had an intervention with him, they sat down, explained his problematic behavior, and asked him, you know, what's going on. Um, and then he reached out to people that weren't there and tried to downplay the situation and make it something like, you know, it's not his fault or like, you know, people are tripping. And then that's when they came public with the statements. And the thing is, like, it's not pub, it's not cancel culture. It's literally like giving out, uh, given Pokemon's word it's literally given a warning to anyone that associates with that person because if you continue to push boundaries and you continue to uh if you push boundaries and make people uncomfortable and you don't care that you're doing that and you continue to do so all that's going to happen is you're going to uh be late like that type of behavior it's either you're a predator or you're just you're just a jackass that's 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 the best way to describe it. Now, you know, I know I've talked for, like, longer than a normal podcast episode, and I think at this point, I don't mind having the podcast this long, because 
like, yeah, I ramble a bit, but there are people that, you know, genuinely listen to this podcast. And I do apologize for the break, um, not to change subjects. But, um, and all my final thoughts are, if someone comes forward with a story about being sexually assaulted or sexually abused, the best thing you can do is show support, then shut the fuck up. And I say shut the fuck up with the full intent of telling people to shut the fuck up. Once you show support, that's it. Don't act like you can don't act like you can emphasize because there's no possible way outside of being in the same situation, being assaulted, being abused, that you could fully understand how that person feels. It's impossible. So the only thing you can do is show support. Make sure that they know that it's not their fault it happened to them. Make sure that they're not wrong for coming forward. Make sure that, you know, they're, you know, that you're there for them and you'll make sure that, you know, you'll, you're there for them. Like, that's, that's the reason why they came forward to you. is because they wanted someone to be there for them. And the anxiety, like... You can't imagine the anxiety. I can't even imagine the anxiety those people that put their story out there felt when they hit that sin tweet and the silence that occurred with them posting the story before the first reaction, before the first like, before the first comment, before anything. And to finally have the courage to speak out only to be met with, oh, you're just exaggerating people, downplaying your experience when they have never experienced something like themselves like I'm not wishing that on anyone I would never wish that on anyone ever but at the same time that's where the shut the fuck up shut the fuck up comes from even if it's even if it's you know innocent until proven guilty and regardless if you just offer support and then shut the fuck up afterwards if it came out as them chasing clout because there are people that are sick enough to take advantage of the Me Too movement and derail it by using it to gain clout or followers I'm sorry you know that's where the shut the fuck up comes from because if you just offer support and shut the fuck up and just be there for the person okay you're supporting them but at the same time you're not putting yourself in a situation to make them feel bad you're not you're not putting yourself in a situation to extirpate the situ extirpate well no exacerbate or I forgot the proper word for it, but basically you're not in the position to make their anxiety flare up or make it worse. You're not sitting there downplaying their situation. You're not you're not egging them on or in any capacity. And when I say egg on, I mean like egg on the fact that they're a nervous wreck and they're super fucking scared of the repercussions for trying to free something that's been eating up at them this entire time. And for the people that think regardless of, you know, I I hate to say it, there's been people that sat down and said like, oh, well, uh, uh, you know, the person deserved it or the person was just, you know, bad at flirting or the person just didn't know social 
social interactions, I'm sorry, that could possibly set it be set in like elementary school, middle school. Not really so much high school. College, no. At college, it's intentional. Once you get to the college level, and I mean like about 18, 20, that's intentional. Because at one point, if you did something and it came out that you did it, someone was there to check you. And if you kept doing it, then that's on you. I hate to say it. Uh, there's been there's a saying where people are a victim of their circumstances. You know, a child of the environment, a child of the streets. Not everyone's the same. There's different circumstances, there's different contexts, and that happens. I understand that. But at the same time, when it comes to stuff like this, there's no possible way that you can justify it. And if you're just trying to justify it, you're just trolling. It's just... It's, you just shake your head at this type at this point because you're just you want you want someone to be good someone you idolize but you know at the same time like it's living in a glass bubble and well you can see through the glass you can't see through their flesh and bones you can't see into their mind they're not the person you think and that's why I ended with that you know um obviously you know i support the me too movement i support a lot of things i support the black lives matter movement but what i don't support is ignorance if you disagree with something it doesn't matter look into the other side investigate why someone thinks like that change your perspective expand your horizons that way if someone tries to come up with come up with some bullshit and be like, no, I'm not like that person. However, I do agree. You can you can respectfully disagree. That's fine. But the problem is, the problem comes when you're blindly saying shit just to say shit. And that's when you really need to just shut the fuck up. But with that being said, um, this is Melty Scarlet. And this has been another episode of the Random Podcast. Uh, there won't be such a big... You know, I want to say, like, drought between the next episode. But with that being said, uh, as usual, stay classy, support Black Lives Matter, and if you ever feel like you're at wit's end, feel free to contact professional help. I wouldn't say contact me. I'm the worst person. I'm just a, I'm just someone with certain experiences. I'm not going to say I'm an expert. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with go seeking professional help. Um, but other than that, peace out.